Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeedGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan and James as always. And today we're going to have the mystery man joining us at the end of today's episode. If you're an old Side Retired original fan, you know exactly who that is. But we'll introduce him later on in the episode when he comes on for the second half. Before we get into it, James, how are you doing today? Doing good. Excited to talk about these, uh, you know, these trades that happened at the deadline. Sounds good. And then obviously, if you saw from the thumbnail and from our Instagram and Twitter, which you can definitely make sure to go follow at Side Retired Pod. Today, we're going to be looking back at some of the big trade deadline acquisitions, and we're going to sort of assess so how the teams end up doing. There's a lot of Padres, Mets, Yankees, a bunch of deals, but we'll just do, and Jack is not with us today, so we would have done a rotating circle of the three of us. Instead, it'll just be James and I bouncing back and forth. James, I'll let you handle the biggest trade of the deadline, and that is the Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres deal. What do you think about that now that we're only two months into it? Uh, you know, I mean, Soto's production has been, you know, relatively consistent with what he had done with the Nationals in the first half of the season. Um, I think I'd have to grade this trade as a lose for the Padres due to Fernando Tatis being suspended for the rest of the season uh, and their playoff hopes not looking too bright. Um, I mean, it, I mean, yes, obviously you got generational talent, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to pay off for them in the long run. I will then go with the other San Diego Padres trade, and that was the Josh Hader move, which has blown up in both teams' faces. Since the deadline, the Brewers have sunk a little bit and are now sort of out of the NL Central race and are currently on the outside looking in of the playoff race in general. But Josh Hader has looked horrific with the Padres. I think he's gotten one save. His ERA is around 10 He's not been great for them at all. Blowups. Maybe the Brewers knew something was up because he started to inflate his ERA before he left the Brewers. So definitely an interesting situation. This is clearly a lose-lose for both the Brewers clubhouse morale as well as his pitching performance on the San Diego Padres. Another probably loss of a trade, that is the New York Yankees. James, talk about the Frankie Montas acquisition as well as the Jordan Montgomery departure. And then Joey Gallo and Andrew Benintendi are also sprinkled in there, but the Yankees deadline in general. Yeah, so um, uh, I guess I'll start with Scott Efros. You know, he hasn't really been pitched that much. He's been on the uh, IL uh, for the last month or so, so we haven't seen much of him. Uh, I'll just grade that as a kind of no grade. I mean, he's got a couple more years of team control, so too too early to tell uh, with him. I mean, Ben Attendee's been a solid player. The Yankees need another outfielder. Floriel, Hicks, we're just not getting the job done out there. Stanton was on the IL for a long period, so I'll say Ben Attendee was a, a successful get. Uh, just for the fact that they didn't have to give up that much to get him. Uh, Montas, it, it's tough to say it was a good trade. I mean, he hasn't pitched like, you know, the guy that we gave up a couple a couple of uh, our better prospects for. So I'll grade that one as a, as a loss for the Yankees and a definite win for the Athletics. Um, and then Jordan Montgomery. Um, you know, we're yet to see Harrison Bader play. He's been tearing it up uh, in Somerset for the Yankees this past week. Uh, you know, hopefully he can be up and join the team within the next week or so. Um, 
I think that'd be a huge addition to this, you know, final push to to make sure we secure the American League East. Uh, but but Montgomery Montgomery's been a stud with the the Cardinals in the National League. I think a lot of it has to do with most of those teams haven't really faced him yet. Um, you know, those teams in the division that have seen him now a second and a third time are kind of getting to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been he's been a great acquisition for St. Louis uh, in their push uh, to win the National League Central. All righty, and then James just looked at his Yankees team. I will look at the Mets, and it's sort of a tumultuous trade deadline. We were hoping for the Stars. Didn't really get too much. I will say Daniel Vogelbach has been a solid acquisition. Yes, he's struggled over the past couple of weeks, but I think he was the plug that this team semi-needed to put some semblance into their starting lineup, some credibility, as well as be a great clubhouse presence. I know we have the video on the side retired YouTube. If you haven't checked that out, check that out as well where we show that he used Milkshake as his walk-up song. So Vogelbach, not going to complain. Obviously could have been better, but that's a solid move nonetheless. The guy that we will complain about, however, is Darren Ruff, who has an OPS plus of 14. I repeat, he is an OPS plus of 14. That's horrific. League average is 100. I believe he's two for his last 38. I think that's the statistic that I saw yesterday on SNY. And it doesn't do as much better the fact that J.D. Davis is absolutely tearing it in San, in San Francisco hitting homers off the likes of Clayton Kershaw. Key clutch hits against the Atlanta Braves this week, so technically look at J.D. helping out the Mets still. But that trade does not look great, considering we also gave up three additional pitching prospects in that deal, and it's very easily arguable that J.D. Davis alone is a better player than Darren Ruff. But I said that on deadline day that I didn't understand this deal, and it looks like it's proven right that Darren Ruff has not been the acquisition the Mets needed. Tyler Naquin's a solid fifth outfielder. That's all you can really say. Michael Givens, a dependable middle reliever. The Mets could have done more. And that's why we're seeing the NL East is getting closer and closer and closer by the day. James, a couple other deals we'll throw at you. The Atlanta Braves made a couple moves because they wanted to bolster their team if they got Rizel Iglesias as one of those key pieces. But in general, your thoughts on the Braves' second half since the deadline. They sort of did it again. Robbie Grossman, another one of those pieces, and that they didn't get a star but they acquired a lot of solid pieces that helped them get better as a team overall. And now they're looking and they're rocking this so far in the second half. I couldn't agree more. There isn't one main guy uh, that, you know, sticks out and you're like, that's going to change their run at the world series. Uh, but yeah, they added a couple of key guys that have really contributed and have helped them close this, this lead to the Mets. I think, what is it? One game, half a game, now? one game right now. Yeah. One game. I mean, it, it'll be a race for the NL East. And then another exciting one, we'll give a positive. Luis Castillo, yes, I know, and Harry mentioned that. Our other friend of the pod, Cincinnati Reds guy, Harry, says that he loved the package they got for Luis Castillo. But if you're a Mariners fan, you have to be ecstatic with what Castillo has given you. And it seems like, according to Fangraphs, a 99.9% chance that the Seattle Mariners will be breaking their playoff drought. So it looks like the Mariners fans are certainly happy with their acquisition. Obviously, a couple other of these moves we will get to in the future. Such as the Frankie or such as the Tyler Molly, Noah Syndergaard, Whit Merrifield, Trey Mancini deals, but these are also not as important now, and their repercussions will occur more in the playoffs. What does Syndergaard do in a start? Can Tyler Molly get the Twins to an AL Central Championship and stuff like that? But for now, we're going to turn to the second half of this episode, and that's where our mystery man, Cider Tired's YouTube extraordinaire, I think he's the head of digital media for us here at Cider Tired, David Halpert, who is known for making bold predictions on this show. With three weeks left in the regular season, we figured, David, it's time to bring you on and give some bold predictions for how you think this baseball season will unfold. So, David, before you get into your predictions, how are you feeling? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Awesome. So how this is going to work is James and I are here to sort of say we agree it's possible 
or there's no shot. So James, those are the three categories. We like it. It's possible or no shot. So David, get into your first bold prediction. For my first bold prediction, I predict that the Baltimore Orioles will win more games than the Tampa Bay Rays down the stretch and clinch the third wild card. Wow. James, your thoughts? Uh, you know, Baltimore being four and a half games back, I don't hate that prediction. I don't know how many games they play versus each other, but I think there's a, a very real shot that could happen. I like it. And then it's also considering the Orioles had a really successful season. I think if you're an Orioles fan, you would have definitely signed up for the fact that that team is seven games above 500 right now. David, your second prediction. I predict that both Paul Goldsmith and Aaron Judge will be crowned triple crowns by the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I think I think Judge has a really good shot. He's only eight points behind uh, in batting average. Uh, in Goldschmidt, you know, just a couple of RBIs uh, and I think two home runs behind Kyle Schwarber. So if, if they're tied for first, does it still count? Dylan? I think it does. Okay. So then, yeah, I'd, I'd say that there's a, a relatively good shot that that could happen. I agree. The only way I'll disagree with this is I think there could be someone that goes after the batting average, whether it's McNeil in the National League or Luis Arias in the American League, because if Aaron Judge or Goldschmidt is going after the home runs, they might see their average dip especially if Judge is going to go after those 62 home run mark. He could all of a sudden that last week be around 58, 59 and need the homers. But I like the prediction, David. Number three. I predict that Aaron Judge's 60th home run of the season and Albert Pujols' 700th career home run will come sometime next week, both on the same night. Uh, yeah, I mean, both both players are three three home runs shy of that mark. So, I I see that as a as a I see them both making it to that mark by the end of the season. Uh, but on the same night, I, I mean, that would be an epic night for Major League Baseball. But that that could happen. But uh, I I see it as as unlikely. And I will say next week with Albert Pujols, that might be pushing it a little bit to think that he gets three home runs the next calendar week. I'm going to counter your prediction, say that one of those doesn't occur. And that either Judge won't hit 60 or Pujols won't reach 700, but that's up for the listeners to decide which one. David, your fourth. Um, for the fourth prediction, speaking of Pujols, we know that he's retiring after this year. I also predict, no matter what the result is, Adam Rainwright, Yadier Molina, and Albert Pujols, who are all on the Cardinals, will all retire after this season. Um, Molina's. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think. Yeah, I think. I think that's a very, a very good prediction. I think maybe, maybe Wainwright would be the only one that would stay, or maybe Pujols would stay if he didn't get to seven hundred. But yeah, I I think that there's a very good chance that all three players do step away at the same time. uh, The players that led the Cardinals uh, to to their dominance in the early, early two thousands. I think Wainwright, looking at his stats right now, he's a 3.3 ERA, a 2.6 WAR, and he's got 180 innings this year. Something about it. He also is the most game started this year in baseball, 29. I just think he's been dependable enough that there's some team out there, maybe, it's, and maybe he's the type of guy that says, "I want to spend my whole career in St. Louis," and if the Cardinals don't offer something, he's gone, and he'll retire. But I just think he's been too productive to hang him up just yet. 
But of course, this is interesting. Molina retires, maybe he doesn't want to play without Molina behind the backstop. But that is, I like where your head is at there, David. Number five. Because the wild card series is a best out of three for each series, I predict that two of the wild card series will end in three games. All right. Hmm, that's a tough one to judge. I I like where your head is, and that will definitely be drama if that does occur, James. Uh yeah, I think I think this year's wild card teams, I think they're all pretty evenly matched. Um I actually don't know how the are all three games in the higher seeds ballpark, or how does that work? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a very, very realistic chance. Uh, I, I think the only way we we wouldn't see that happen is if the Mets somehow fell to one of the lower wild card spots. I think I think a Scherzer to Grom one two isn't getting touched in a wild card <laughs> game. But other than that. I, I agree. I think I think Major League Baseball really would love to see the drama and would, and would love to see these postseason series go as long as they can. And especially in the American League, where the four teams right now, and it seems in all likelihood, will be the uh, Mariners, Indians, Rays, and Blue Jays. You can make a decent argument that all four of those teams are very evenly matched. So all four of those could definitely, those two series could be three games, and that gets your prediction right there. Now, David, you did mention a prediction earlier today to me. And you also mentioned that you have a sixth bonus prediction for us today. So I'm curious to see if that's the same prediction that you mentioned to me earlier today, or do you also have another bonus one that you're about to tell us? Well, this is the bonus prediction that I am going to say it right now. If the Yankees do not win the World Series this year, Aaron Judge is leaving in free agency. I don't know what team, but he's going to leave. Bang. <laughs> James. Yeah, me and staff discussed this on uh, on Monday. Um, and, and I couldn't agree more. Um, I think, you know, the Yankees aren't going to back up the Brinks truck if, if they don't come home with the hardware this season. So I, I agree 100% with David. Um, he's gone if they don't win the World Series. And of course, if you haven't yet checked out our episode where we talked all things judge from the MVP chase to the Roger Maris chase, to where he could end up in free agency, including the Cubs, Giants, Mets, James made the Red Sox prediction, or the Yankees. I think those are the five big teams. Ken Rosenthal also on today's Fox broadcast said that he'd be surprised if Steve Cohen didn't make a legit effort at getting Aaron Judge, especially if the Mets don't win the World Series. But David throwing it out there, it's an interesting caveat that you're saying if the Yankees don't win the World Series, Judge is back because maybe your thought process is if the Yankees do win the World Series, there's no chance they let the icon go away and that'll definitely be an interesting thing to watch well david unless there's anything else you want to throw in here we'll definitely have you on in the postseason of course you can also check out david's birthday shout outs on tuesdays thursdays and saturdays they are on the side retired youtube channel david's doing a great job with those and in the past couple of days we've had a matt thornton birthday shout out we had ricky weeks there's a fun one coming out in the next couple of days but david unless there's anything else you want to throw on um, g- getting back to the Mariners for one second because they're in the hunt. Yes, I believe I believe in them that they can win their wild card series. Of course, they're very close to clinching. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them do very well this year in the postseason because it's their first appearance in twenty years. So, question: If the Yankees face the Mariners, what you going with? I mean, it's hard to say because I don't remember the last time they faced off against each other. 
I mean, the last time they were both in the postseason was when I was one years old. So I don't know course, what to say. Of course, your Yankees rooting interest probably triumphs over your joy of watching the Mariners play, I would assume. I guess. <laughs> well, James and I will be back, of course, next week. I'm sorry we didn't have an official interview for you guys this week because our guest was supposed to come on tonight. Unfortunately, had to cancel on us. However, he has rescheduled for next week. So we will be bringing you not one, not two, but three guest interviews next week stemming from different organizations, including Sports Night in New York, Georgetown Baseball, Los Angeles Angels organization, Luba Sports, and a couple other fun organizations that we've been working with, partnering with. And we'll get you some great guests occurring over the next couple of weeks or so. If you haven't checked out some other cool interviews below this one, includes Steven Nelson of MLB Network. We had Randy Wilkins, who directed the Derek Jeter documentary, and a bunch of other really fun guys over the past couple of weeks. So make sure to scroll below this episode on Apple if you haven't done so yet. Lots of fun things to catch up on. Oh, and Matt Mervis of the Chicago Cubs continues to rake since our episode with him. He's at three home runs in his last four games, which basically means, James, that we're trying to prove that the side-retired guest curse is not a real thing as much as people are trying to make it out to be. But... Until the next time, for James, Jack, Dylan, as well as our mystery man of the night, David Halpert, until the next time, the side is retired.